Hello and welcome to Multiform. Every week we get together to talk about the latest Xbox news, rumors, and the games we've been playing lately. New episodes post every Monday morning. You can email the show, questions at multiformpodcast.com. You can follow the show on Twitter or Facebook, x uh, at multiformpod, and our uh, social handles are at the end of the show. This is episode 263. I'm your host, Tim Shelton. And I'm joined by my brother-in-law, the lawyer, the lawman himself, Spencer Rain. Dude, Mac is so much better than PC. Holy cow. PC I sucks. I wholeheartedly disagree. Get okay, out. Listen, Get out. Listen, I just deleted a folder from my OneDrive that was like 4.9 gigs. So it was a big folder taking up the fr- all the free space. You know, Got to go and delete gigs. it from the recycle bin now. I did that, and it's still saying I have 4.9 out of 5, and it still says in the My Documents folder, it still says it's 5.02 gigs. So it's like trapped now. I can't delete it. It's They're like still in there, but the folder that they were in is deleted, so they're just floating in there, and I'm never going to be able to delete them. This wouldn't no. be a problem on Mac. You delete the folder on Mac, boom, it's gone. It's gone. Well, I mean... I think your problems with OneDrive, not PC, but you are making well, it's them a synonymous. Windows. It's a Windows thing. Windows sucks. I feel like if it's I so were much there, more I could fix this in like three seconds. Just saying, it's so much more complicated than iOS or not iOS OS. I don't know. Anytime anybody hands me a Mac, I, I used one for two years at work and I hated it. I did get inundated, but everything is slower and dumbed down. That's nope. the problem. You're just not smart enough for a PC. Are you talking? Are okay, you are you complaining about the PC that used to be my PC? Is that what you're now. using? It's just as slow. It just took time to catch up. Yes. What well, is a cloud thing? It probably had to delete it all out of the cloud. Once you um, delete something, it has to remove it from like all the servers. No, but you're that- right. You're right. No, I'm not. I'm I am too stupid for PC gaming and PCs in general. Like I, yeah. I like they make modding so easy on Steam and also the Paradox Launcher because you literally just subscribe to the mod and it downloads it to all the right places, checks the right boxes. And yeah, I still, see? I still struggle with mod compatibility. And also this part of the j- problem is Paradox updates their games literally every 36 hours. So there's a new version of the game in quote, you know, quote, new version of the game. Literally every 36 hours, like Call of Duty. mods are constantly out of compliance. Constantly. Several of the episodes you missed, I complained about how every time you boot Call of Duty, it, it says, oh, got to kick you back to the title yeah. screen for an in-game well, update. Yeah, remember when I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 earlier this year, just the campaign? Well, literally every time, yep. you know, like over the two weeks that I was playing it. Oh, I there's probably, an update. Got to go back to the had menu. To boot up, I probably had to restart the game every other time over a two-week I, period. I, Whatever net code they've used for 20 years is got to be carried forward as to why that is. But there has to be a good reason why they're the only game that does that. I mean, there are other games that you sometimes have to get booted back for like an update, but theirs is basically every time you boot the game. Anyway, what I was going to say is, did you see that they confirmed that mod support is coming or is whatever for Starfield? Obviously, there's already mods out there. Yeah. Um, but that they're going to have mods on Xbox, like you make them on PC, but they're they're going to be accessible on consoles. Yeah, that's how. Just... Well, the the Fallout, like in Fallout and Skyrim, the mods were all PC more mods. I know, but like, they hadn't explicitly conf- confirmed that it was coming well, to Starfield I'm on console. Sure, now they have like, said it is eventually going to come to Starfield well, on console. I hope that they have a larger download space than what was allowed in fallout 4 in skyrim because yeah 
it was like it was like six or seven gigs which is not enough especially um, in skyrim where like if you wanted to download the entire uh beyond skyrim mod set which was like they recreated the northern part of the game world from oblivion cyrodiil um you had to delete everything and like you could only have those installed which is unfortunate unfortunate because there's a lot of like quality of life mods in skyrim that like you need to have or you should have you don't need to have but you should have to have like the best experience and that takes up you know half of that six or eight gigs whatever it was allotment so i hope it's a larger number than that one housekeeping note and then we'll jump right back to this because what we've been for what we've been playing lately we've both been playing starfield so we're going to talk about that i played one other thing that i'll get out of the way but one housekeeping note uh, as of recording today, I've been migrating our podcast host, which is the first time we've mo- moved hosts in 200 episodes, probably. We we had an initial host that I hated, and we moved to a different one. And so this will be our, our third host, but hopefully we're going to get some better features out of it, especially with um, community building and some other stuff. But um, if there's any hiccups, if you are hearing this, and after this week's episode's you suddenly your subscription is gone or whatever we still exist we're still out there the link should all still be there on the podcast services i'm expecting nothing to break but i do see in our analytics that some people listen to our show in very obscure ways and some of those i don't know how to redirect like i'm redirecting the main rss feed and i'm going to update all of the big ones like apple and google and you know amazon and pandora and all that and there's a redirect on it but there is a a timeline on that because our our uh, membership through our our server right now is through the end of or not the end but sometime in december so sometime in december the redirect may stop working because of the way that they did it which i'm not real pleased with either um so anyway if you can't find us down the line we still exist unless we tell you that we're going to go away, which we are not saying. So with that housekeeping note, the only thing I've been playing other than Starfield is before Starfield came out, I was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla like I had been. I met part of my goal, Spencer. I beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla's main story, but not any of the DLC. And through looking up ending uh, videos and, and content online, I see that there is more to the story. If I like do all the extended stuff, like kill all the order of the agents and hunt down some of the collectibles and things. So I'm going to play it again at some point in the future, but obviously I've stopped to play Starfield, which is what I want to talk about because we're both playing Starfield. So let's talk about it. Um, you did just talk about with your Apple PC gaming thing you were going on a rant about. I was going to say, have you seen all the people that are upset at the quality of the PC version of Starfield? Like it's missing some pretty like core features that people come to expect, like an FOV slider and uh, you can't manually set the texture quality and the dynamic resolution scaling is like, built in but it doesn't let you change the default resolution it just does whatever your native monitor is which are all things that almost all pc games have so it feels like the xbox was the lead platform for sure and there's still maybe some work to be done it's also missing dlss which is not a guaranteed thing since it's an amd like sponsored title but it would be nice to have it, especially for me. I have a NVIDIA graphics card in 
both of my computers. So I can't, I have to use FSR 2.0 or whatever it is. I think it's 2.0, maybe it's 3.0. But it seems from the reports from Digital Foundry and others about the performance that the game is very solid on console, holding a very consistent 30 FPS. And I saw in one of Digital Foundry's videos, they're saying they think there's enough headroom that a performance mode wouldn't be out of the question down the line. Like, for example, if they made the Xbox Series S uh, adjustments on Series X, that would probably give them enough headroom to do a 60 FPS mode. So hopefully that comes. And if it doesn't come in the next few years, you have to imagine, you know, in five years or whenever it is that we get the whatever the next Xbox is, that they'll come out with a special edition that unlocks 120 FPS or 60 FPS or whatever, which I know is kind of salt in the wound for some people. But the between the 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 what do you call it uh, motion blur and the rock solid 30 FPS, it actually feels really good for 30 FPS. It's about as solid as you could expect or or want. It's still not 60, but it's a good 30, which is I think the the important piece. Anything you want to say about performance before we talk about the game itself? Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't really notice it being 30. I mean, I guess I noticed it, but it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was perfectly fine, honestly. There's some weird hitching when you get on trains. Have you noticed that? When you get on the train in the uh, New Atlantis, like the train kind of jolts a little bit. I haven't, gotten on the, I haven't gotten on the train yet. You haven't oh, gone wait. to New Atlantis, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the little, yeah, little hub train? Yeah, I don't remember that being a problem. It's like the second mission. <laughs> it's like, you're way... I know you're at least like level 7, 8, 9, 10, so you definitely have been to New Atlantis. No, I have. I forgot what you were talking about. Uh, did you get Citadel vibes from Mass Effect when you went to New Atlantis? I did. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I was taken aback by how big kind of the city is or at least how big they make it seem um i think they said this is the biggest city that they've crafted in any of their games and you can definitely tell i haven't explored enough maybe to get the full feel of it uh i will say one of the criticisms i've seen online about the graphics is it's it's better than all of other bethesda games in almost every way but there are two things that i personally have noticed are not great which is water and eyes the eyes especially on non like primary characters are like dead googly eyes (laughs) and it's funny and obviously because of the amount of dialogue in the game they're using programmatic like lip sync they didn't motion capture the lip sync it's just moving the lips open and closed based on the the audio obviously when you have multiple languages and i think they said like a million lines of dialogue in the script um, you know, that's the way it goes. I heard an interesting explanation of how they came. They pulled back from fallout Four uh voice protagonist because they started Starfield with a voice protagonist. And then they ended up going, no, this isn't right. And taking it out. The explanation made a lot of sense to me, which was when you're playing fallout four and you get to a, a character uh, dialogue choice, you read the lines in your head, right? To decide which one you're going to click. Yeah. And then you click on it. And the two options for the developer at that point are to either have the person say exactly what you just read in your head. And Mm -hmm. they say, 
So then it's go it's basically you read it and then they said it. So you're doing it twice. Which is like Mass Effect. Or they say something kind of similar and that which was is just like in, Fallout 4. Which is Fallout 4. And they People did that so that like what you read in your head is different than what they spoke. So it it isn't repetitive, but then that frustrates players because There's, um... their intent doesn't always match what they select. <clears throat> so with Skyrim or Starfield you read in your head in the voice and tone that you think it should be. And then the other person reacts. And so whatever you did in your head is what the character has imbued with. And it adds, it definitely does add a role playing element to it. That is much more engaging, especially for me, somebody that played fallout four and fallout 76 extensively, but has only dabbled a little bit in Skyrim oblivion fallout three and new Vegas. I've never played any of those for more than five or 10 hours max. So I played a lot of the Fallout 4 voice protagonists. So this was a change for me coming into their RPGs later in their like workflow. Yeah, I was going to say the there's a mod for Fallout 4 on console and PC, I assume, where it changes the dialogue options to be the full sentence, like the full thing of what your character would actually say. It's kind of cool. I use that. Um, it never bothered me though. Like I do recall seeing that a lot on like Reddit and Twitter um, about people just being upset that you would, ch- you, like you just said, you'd select an option in Fallout 4, but then your character would say something that was like, you know, 30, 40, 50% different than what the actual text said. And I don't know. I mean, like, I guess I get it if you're really particular, but it never was an issue for me. And honestly, like, I'm fine either way with having um, voiced or, or silent protagonists. Like, obviously, I love Mass Effect. I love Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, New Vegas, Dragon Age. I mean, like all those all those Western RPGs, I love them. So it doesn't matter to me if the protagonist is voiced. I think, I think it's an interesting... I think it's, it is an interesting kind of conversation to have because I think a lot of people would argue that to be a modern RPG, you have to have a voiced protagonist and that having a non-voiced protagonist, a silent protagonist is kind of like an old school, you know, like nineties, two thousands, Xbox 360 era type of a presentation. And I don't agree with that. Another example, like obviously I love the Witcher, um, clearly a voice protagonist. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it just depends. Like, for for a developer like Bethesda, I think it makes sense to have a silent protagonist because their their games, I mean, they they can have decent stories. Like I think Oblivion had a really great story. Um, I think there were parts of Skyrim's story that were really good, but Fallout three and four, the story was wasn't as strong. But I think that's okay when you don't have the voice protagonist like in three because they're more about world building and I, I think role playing in general. So like for Starfield. Obviously, I'm like six or seven hours into it. I don't know how good the story is going to be, but it doesn't really matter because the their game is more about the world building, kind of the experience, um, the things that you see along the way, and the gameplay elements. Not like gunplay, but just gameplay in general, exploration. It's more about that than I think it is having someone talking. So... And especially, too, like, if you've got really good supporting characters, like, there's some good supporting characters in Skyrim and in Fallout 3 that 
kind of put, picks up the slack as far as there being fewer um, as a fall three, probably more than Skyrim has better characters, but um, I don't know. I don't think it matters as much because it's not necessarily a game that's based around your character. Um, I just find myself experience. slightly more immersed. Oh, like, I agree. I agree. I with feel that. like Mass Effect, I'm playing controlling Shepard. Mm-hmm. And Starfield, I feel like I am on an adventure. And I actually forget most of the time that my character is a female. And it's just like me on an adventure. But I'm not one of those people that makes my character look like me. I picked a default. I always pick one of the defaults. And I usually change two or three things. So I picked one of the default females. I changed the hairstyle. And I changed, I think almost, I think I did. I don't think I changed anything else, actually. I think I changed the hair and that was it to make it more look like uh, my wife's hair. Yeah, I... I always with Bethesda games, I always make the same, not the same, but I always do a male character because I, I started out back in 2006 with Bob on Oblivion. So Bob's been in Oblivion. He's been in Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Skyrim, Fallout 4, and now Starfield. Bob. That guy's seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has seen a lot. Um, I just, well, the reason why I... I mean, I was always going to make a male character, but then I think one of the first preset characters had like that amazing like 80s mullet. And I was like, I have to I have to do this because this is incredible. Um, I also picked the longest beard option, but it's kind of annoying because like the beard is cool, but the mustache is like way too like 19th century or 20 early 20th century, like a little too curly on the ends. But the other long beard options kind of suck. Like it looked a little weird. Did you notice in the uh, character creator that they they said like you can mutate this later at a and they said whatever vendor so you can change your. Oh, I didn't know they later. said they said anything in the game about it. I saw on Twitter that you can do that that you can change. Yeah, your I saw a pop up later. in the game. I don't remember where. Oh, it really? Popped up. But while I was doing the character creator, it's like or right after, it's like, hey, don't forget you can change this later at a vendor like oh. this. Well, I didn't know that, which is fine because like I I probably I'm not totally set because I like. I wonder if you can change genders. I wonder if I can go and be like, you know what? Now I'm Bob. It's like, uh, like Assassin's Creed, just change between female or male Ivor, whatever you want. I I didn't really like that. I kind of liked more of Odyssey, how it was pick one at the beginning, but um, I did the, uh, let the animus choose. I did that for a while, but then I was like, I don't know. I just want to be male because the beards are cooler. Like having I I thought about doing that too. I, I, I forced myself to do female because, uh, that's the canon choice. And I, I like to be the canon character. If there is a canon character. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. You, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, let's talk about Starfield, the game, uh, wh- which I say feels like fallout four in space because it has things like, instead of those little boxes with syringes on the wall, it has little med pack boxes on the wall with med med packs in them and ammo crates that look like fallout and uh, just in a space style. It's like a lot of stuff feels like it's just the the fallout but in space it even has the opening of the vault moment which they said all of their yeah. games always have but it, it has felt, it's it very vault like in this I'm, game i'm not gonna lie like that whole beginning sequence from when you start playing the game to when you create your character and even like step out it felt really rushed to well me. to me i was glad because like i really don't like well it's fine yeah doing the intro in the vault for like 
you know, two hours, three hours and call it three. Yeah. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Not three hours, but still it's, it's too long. It's like, there's a balance because like, remember Assassin's Creed, how mad people were about being like young, uh, young Connor for like hours and hours and hours till they could actually be an assassin. Well, Assassin's Creed three was one of the biggest missed opportunities in the entire series. So, which I really like that game Unpopular. Opinion well, no, right now, it's but... a great setting with really cool supporting characters, but it still ends up being very boring for some yeah. reason. Well, also another good reason. So the game takes the training wheels off pretty fast, right? Like the main story does keep teaching you things, but like, if you just want to go wild and start doing your own thing, you can do that really soon in this game. Now, you don't have many resources to do that. Are you but talking about like, Starfield or Assassin's Creed? Yeah, I'm talking about Starfield. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is because it's the first Bethesda game to have New Game Plus. And if you you can't keep exploring this game after you finish the game, and there's no warning of point of no return, I've read. So once you finish the, the last mission, it restarts the game. That's all it does. And you keep your skill points, and you keep your level, and that's it. And that is a good reason to have your intro not be too long because if people are going to cycle through multiple playthroughs over and over and over again, you, you don't want them to immediately be stuck in an intro that they're going to have to grind through as a seasoned player. So I think that that probably factored into it. Like what is that new game plus experience since this is the first time they're doing that? Uh, Also another big topic that's all around the internet is the, the amount of loading screens because it isn't an open world game in the traditional sense. It's 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 more like large open spaces connected by loading screens. So like you dock at a space station, you get a loading screen, and then you go into the space station, you fight, you get a loading screen to maybe go into a different room, and then you fast travel back to your ship, and then you get a loading screen to, to travel back to a different planet. Uh, it doesn't bother me because... Like one time I didn't realize how the the fast travel system worked and I tried to fly to my next destination, not realizing how far it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm not making any progress here. I've been flying in a straight line for like a while. And then I realized I needed to fast travel. But I was like, yeah, this is what people want the game to be. Like if it were to be realistic and the grav drives were only for really long jumps, like a lot of it would just be flying in a straight line, being bored out of your mind. Yeah. Or going at a speed that is just doesn't fit with the NASA punk aesthetic of the game. Uh, but the loading I, I, screens. Yeah, I go wanted ahead. To, I wanted to say there are no training wheels like they don't they don't take the training wheels off really quickly. They just never give you training wheels. Well, there are a few opinion. little pop ups that are like, here's how to the do first. This. Yeah, the first time but you're you do right stuff. It's like, oh, here's two sentences about what this is. But like, really, you just have to figure it out for yourself. Which is nice. I mean, like, do we really at this point in like in-depth RPGs I mean, need to be like press A to jump, press B to crouch, but press like R to I know, shoot your I weapon? That I don't mean that. I just there's so much stuff in this game. Like, yeah, like it doesn't explain that you don't need to go in your map to fast travel. All you gotta do is bring up your scanner and then point yeah, at something, and you can fast cool. travel. There's like four ways to fast travel. You can fast travel from the map. You can fast travel from the visor. You can fast travel by walking up to things. You can fast travel. There was another way. Like they really make it easy and hard because it doesn't really tell you any of the ways that you can fast travel. So if you don't figure it out, you're going to spend a lot of time like, oh, crap, I got to run all the way back to my ship. Well, I wouldn't get on the star map. (laughs) No way. And then fast travel. 
I read. Way. In, I was yeah, but I like, read somebody in the press that thought well, that that was the only way to get somewhere. They were running all the way to the ship. They're stupid. Using the star map and then fast traveling. Literally, you open up the local map when you're on a planet, and it, it's default. Like, why fast travel to ship? Like, it says it at the bottom of the local map always. But you don't even have to do that step. I know, but I'm just you saying. You can jump like, straight to your destination logical, from standing. The logical RPG player's mind, he pulls his map up to see if he can fast travel anywhere. And he sees at the bottom, it says, oh, fast travel to ship. That's just, there's no excuse for that. Um, I hate that the back button isn't the map, that it's yeah. uh, that it's reset camera. The it is thing a little I'm barely annoying. ever going to do. Yeah, it is a little annoying trying to, I mean, it hasn't really mattered yet because I mean, I guess I guess I could see it being more annoying in the cities, but I spent so little time in any of them that it hasn't been an issue yet. So I've played like six or seven hours and literally until today or until this like evening before I eat dinner. I had spent my entire time on the same planet that New Atlantis is on. I just flew to the other side of the planet where there was a um, a mining outpost, I think, that you could you could stop at. I flew over there and then there's all these things that pop up on your map that you can go discover like. uh I don't even know, like abandoned mining facilities or like research stations. Mm. So I just, I literally spent probably four hours clearing that, clearing that map for no reason. It's just what I was doing. Um, That's interesting. I, I saw a no spoiler suggestion to follow the main quest until you. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying to do the main quest before. Well, I I was going to say is a lot of people are saying like our reviewers and such, they're saying to just do the main quest and then go to noon game plus to do the side stuff. But I'm like, Oh no no! I'm not doing that. But I, I'm not I doing what that I read either, was but that's what I've seen. Play the main quest until you get to this, like the first. Oh, I don't know if it's the first, but like a, a noticeable temple type area, and that lets you know that you've gotten far enough in that you have experienced all of the firsts that it's going to teach you and things that it's going to have you interact with. Because even though it doesn't give you like tutorials some of the missions are structured in a way to teach you without being overt. Like it teaches yeah. you the companion system through the first time you get paired up with that lady. What's her name? I, I haven't played in deep enough to memorize all their Sarah names. Morgan. Oh, I was right. I thought it was Sarah, but I was like, there's no way it's Sarah. This is 300 years in the future. It is Sarah. Uh, yeah. And the first time you pair up with her, it's like this companion will stay with you for the duration of the mission. It's kind of yeah. like teaching you and Which, what that what I haven't even, I haven't is. even beaten that mission yet. She's just been I've been just dragging her around, dragging her on that planet and then dragging her around to find the that's, Mantis <clears throat> ship that I was talking about. Or I sent you. That's earlier. funny. You you and I played the same amount, but I'm quite a bit past you because I played all of that. And then I played several more with oh, other yeah. companions. And I haven't then, even been in. Uh, I haven't even been to uh, the Soul System yet, which is part of that mission you, you do with her. I've been in three different planets in the Soul System. Yeah. Well, so like I said, I literally spent probably three or four hours on Jemison, just running around, filling up my inventory and her inventory like thrice over, and going and selling it. Um, I think how long to beat says that if you just play the main story, it's 20 hours. And if you play main story plus extras and like an average playthrough is like 50. That seems like there's so many star systems and planets, though. That that's if you stick to most completionist. No, yeah. Let me see what completionist is, because it's triple digits for sure. It's got to be. There's literally like there's there's an insane number of star systems that you can go to. Oh, that's not 
I mean, in each one of them, I feel like it would take at least five or 10 hours to clear out. You know? Okay, so it says main story, 17 hours, main story plus side, 56, completionist, 189. Oh my gosh. And all styles average is 40 and a half. So there's 40 and a half, that's, a, that's crazy. That's so short. I, there's so no way I'm going to be a completionist in this, so I'm going to suspect I'm going to be close to like the 60 to 80 hour mark. Yeah, I... Okay, so a few things that I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, and so for the listeners, we'll definitely be talking about Starfield for weeks to come because so we'll be continuing to play and explore. I picked this is the, not a definitive review. I picked the wanted perk so that there's like bounty hunters that come after me periodically. Oh, the not it not the perk. What are those called? Traits? Trait. Something else. Yeah, trait. I picked the the wanted trait along with a sure. adoring fan one because I was like, oh, sure, you why not? Adoring fan. That's funny. And then I think the other it one gives you stuff. I forget what the other one was. Was it Neon Street Rat? Is that is that? It's interesting that you picked three of those. I picked zero. I did not do any traits because I um, they all had positives and negatives. And I was well, just like, the adoring you know fan one, other than being annoying, doesn't have a negative. I don't think. I well, kind of wanted true. to pick the one with having parents, but then I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going for the <laughs> Han Solo money vibe. Oh, that was so being, funny. Uh, I picked like, the can... Rogue or whatever, so yeah, like, but... I immediately got pistol certification. Hang on a second. What kind of benefit is it to have parents that you can go visit? That's not no a idea. tangible benefit unless you get there and they bake you, you apple pie you and it like gives you more health. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what they do in like Skyrim if you get married. <laughs> Your spouse gives uh... you a home-cooked meal. And it's like that's gives you more uh, health than most. Oh, there's like, another thing the they game. don't explain in the game. If you if you if you take a nap, uh, it gives you a well rested buff. Oh, OK. But... It's funny you mentioned that. OK, so the thing. So, so I like I said, I've been dragging Sarah Morgan around with me doing all these random things. And OK, so w- the wanted perk. So I had these bounty hunters attack me. We wiped them out. No big deal. And I went to their ship. And normally, from what I understand, if you get intercepted while you're in space and you disable their ship, you can board it, take them all out, and I think you can capture the ship or you can salvage it or you can do something with it. So yeah, I saw take out this. the engines. Right, that's how you board it. So, But I was on the planet when they showed up. So I, I go over to their ship and I was like, oh, heck yeah, this ship is legit. Like, it looks really cool. You can board it. I was getting excited. I took out the guys inside. And then I went to go sit down in it and it said this like pop-up came up and said that I'm not authorized to fly this ship. I Googled that and apparently there's like, there's some bounty hunter ships that you can get, but it just so happened that I think the one that these guys are using was like an incredibly overpowered one, like that they don't want you to be able to get unless you're, it's not even that you have a higher piloting skill because like some of them you can capture with a higher piloting skill, but there's like one specific one that they like, you're not ever allowed to get. And this is, I guess, happened to be that one. But more importantly, when I was on the ship, I got some contraband, which I don't know if you've discovered me this n- yet. I have not done contraband. I didn't know I what know it was. It I exists. saw I saw this like box sitting on one of the tables and it was like a 20,000 credit value box. And I was like, whoa, what's that? And I picked it up, obviously. And then there was a pop up that said, like, this is contraband, like blah, 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 like you'll get in trouble if you get really getting the Han Solo vibe. going. Yeah. You get in trouble if you, uh, if you get caught with this, because when you go to like settled systems, they scan you like the security forces scan you first, which really really feels like star Wars. We're scanning you before you enter. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
And so I, um, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. The way, so what you have to do is you have to get a shielded cargo hold. Like if you have the contraband on your person or you don't have a shielded cargo hold, um, like you get it found out no matter what. But if you have a shielded what cargo happens? hold. Can you like kill so everybody or? This is what yeah. happened. I, I was like, okay, so I sent this, that video to you and Gus about how you can get a really nice ship and armor pretty early on. I was going to do that, but it's like all the way across the galaxy. And so naturally with the stupid starting ship, I don't have enough fuel to go in a straight shot. I have to like jump from system to system basically to get there. So I had to make like three, I had to make three jumps from where I happened to be. And uh, the first one I go to, it's the, the other major faction and they start scanning me and they're like, you have contraband. Like they found out immediately and they like start giving, they give you like a warning. Those are some amazing scanners, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "All right, you." Uh, they give you. Imagine a if we had that at the border of country crossings. Like, yeah, oh, you have pears, you, you can't cross. Yeah, you have and pears so, with worms. And so they, yeah, so they they scan me and they like give you like a warning and like countdown. They're like, "All right, you have to like respond to their hail, or I guess not respond to it." And then they'll they'll I guess board you, and then I think you get arrested, and there's like a side quest of getting out of jail or something. I don't know. But I just ignored it. <laughs> I ignored it. And then immediately they started shooting at me. And this game is so overwhelming. And there's not like an easy, clear way to make a jump or anything. And so I like pulled the map up and made a jump out. And um, now I have like a 900 credit bounty or whatever in the, the Freestar Collective or whatever they're called. Um, That's nice. The other, <laughs> it happened to me a second time and uh this is so funny no and it was annoying so it happened to me the second time and i actually shot annoying down. you're the one breaking intergalactic law <laughs> so i'm level seven and there's i'm a lo- law-abiding citizen over and here I, so where i'm jumping to to get this to do this mission that has this easy uh the easy way to get a good ship early on with a shielded cargo bay is in a level 30 system along the way i'm going through a level 20 system and i'm level seven or six and so I'm attacking this level 20, like police car, police ship, we'll say, blow it up. And of course it's attacking me first, by the way. And of course, Sarah Morgan thinks that I literally just murdered an entire family. It says like the pop-up says Sarah Morgan hated that or Sarah Morgan disliked that. And then it said Sarah Morgan hated that. And then it said Sarah Morgan's angry at you. And I can hear her in the background saying like all this stuff, like, stop doing that. I can't believe you're killing innocent people. And I'm like, first of all, these guys attacked me first. <laughs> All right. They shot at me first. We we played the same amount of time and you're getting up to all of these hijinks. <laughs> and uh but yeah, I blew it up and I got, you know, got the got the salvage or whatever. That's and so um bad. yeah, and I was like, "Really? You're mad at me?" And so now every time I'm done talking with her, she like has like these comments of like, "Good, I was done talking to you anyway." And I'm like, "Listen. I I blew up one starship, probably I did killed- get that from I got that from a guy named Cole that is part of Constellation. You'll meet him in the next mission. Uh, I cut him off mid-sentence to get out of the conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, I was done talking anyway. It's fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. But yeah, okay, so I, I got to like, the... deal with NPCs being being snippy with me now. But yeah, I got I finally got to the, the snow planet where I was getting this ship and it probably took me two hours to get through this compound because all the enemies were either level 14. It was very random. They're like 14, 28 and 30. Um, so I used up like all of my aid supplies, almost all my ammo. 
Um, I got to the end and got the special suit and also activated the starship and I had no health left and no supplies. So I went and took a nap. Like every good Bethesda RPG player knows you go to sleep and it regenerates your health. So I did that. And then I got the well-rested bonus for sleeping one hour. Um, okay. So it is only one hour. I was curious what the length minimum was. Yeah. So, uh, imagine Harrison Ford, Air Force One voice, multi-form and Xbox podcast is now... Multiform, a Starfield podcast. Yeah. Well, so. Bye, bye, bye is now Air Force One. The last thing that I did. He doesn't did, actually say that, so I don't know why I said use your Harrison Ford voice. The last thing I did was I jumped off that planet, went back to New Atlantis, got through the scanners with 59% chance, made it through. Now I'm going to sell my contraband to whoever. I need to look up who buys contraband because there's somebody in New Atlantis that does. I just don't And know you got to pay off your bounty. <laughs> That's a different. That's a different government. No, the whoever, oh okay. The U, is it the the UC or the? I don't know. United I don't, Federation. I don't know the I, factions yet, but the I faction that controls New Atlantis does not have a bounty on me. It's a different. It's a different faction that has a bounty on me. Uh, a hundred percent achievements. Uh, says the guides say that it's a hundred percent, a hundred hours to do a hundred percent of the achievements if you're efficient, because it takes twenty five hours for story, twenty five percent, twenty five hours for faction missions. And then a lot of time to grind to level 100. Which is interesting because I guess you have to... That Here's the part that stinks, Spencer. If you're like me and you only want to do one playthrough, I don't really want to play New Game Plus. That means I can never finish the last mission. Because once I do that, it forces me back to the beginning of the game. So, well, no, that's not true. I'll just have to do a hard save right before I finish the game. And then I can yeah. go back to that hard save. I forget in Bethesda games, you can save anywhere, anytime at unlimited saves. Oh yeah. I definitely, I didn't have to save scum because there was a nice auto save when I was doing that. Um, you really are long. on solo. You're just scumming it yeah. all over the galaxy. It was cool. I sent you guys a picture of, um, or I sent you guys some messages earlier today about how there's some, they call them old world pistol or old world shotgun, stuff like that in this game. And they're like 20, 21st century, guns and stuff that we have in real life right now and i already found a couple inside that that layer that i had to clear out so i was pretty hyped about that immediately i used up all the ammo there was only like 10 shots for the pistol the 1911 variant so i'm gonna have to figure out now that i'm back in new atlantis i'm, I'm about to spend like 15,000 credits on aid supplies and ammunition since i just used almost I'm all always out of aid supplies and ammunition do you think that we will get a day one patch on what's the official release date wednesday Is the 6th yeah. Do you think we're going to get a day one patch or do you think it'll I haven't be a had still? I haven't had any problems. I mean, I, the, the things that I've seen, I don't think could be fixed with a patch. Like I've just seen like some really bad AI stuff, but I, I haven't seen any like insane bugs or I've not had any crashes or anything like that, but I, mean, I did. Maybe. I did boot it up on my, uh, my PC as well. I played on series X and PC and on my 3070 TI, I was only able to play I had I was playing on high 1440p but I had FSR on I think and some resolution scaling and I was hitting roughly 60 but that was in an early area with not a lot going on so it seems like when I I have this installed on my laptop for when I travel it seems like I'm going to need to really tune things down to, for it to run on on a 3070 Ti laptop but we'll see I'll get to yeah, it eventually. To your point about 
character's eyes looking glassy. I just spent so much of my time only looking at animals and trees and rocks that I really haven't seen. I hope you were scanning yet. them all. Oh, I did. I've like I'm at like scan 85 the crap out of stuff. Scan complete for Jimison. Oh, never yeah. going to go back. Probably never going to go back. I do have a quest that I think I have to go back for, so maybe I will. But yeah. Also, another thing, people are like complaining. They're like, "Oh, they touted all this exploration. I can't walk all the way around a planet." And I was like, "You literally wanted to walk around a like if you want to walk around a procedurally generated planet, that's what No Man's Sky is." I I get that it's like curated little stuff, but I mean, it's kind of how Mass Effect One was, you know. You'd land on the planet and it would be like the little area and then you'd take yeah. off and go to a different planet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point, actually. Like, yeah, I saw people complaining about that and I'm like, really? Like there was it, like I said, was, it, it, it's it's funny because so the long. same people were complaining before that it was too big, right? There's too many planets. They're all going to be empty. But then well, when we see the planets and they're all like so much like you a manageable think it's not size that much, but there is a ton like I'm I spent hours finishing just part of one planet. I can't so, wait for like six years from now. Somebody's going to find an Easter egg on planet 6,743. And uh, they're going to be like, oh, look, I found I found my name in cursive in the moon of this star system. Seven billion galaxies away. Yeah, maybe. Um. OK, is that enough? I don't Anything even know else what else to say, say about this yeah, before I, next week. I don't even know what else to say just because like there's just so much. Like it's well, it's all very overwhelming. Like we didn't even talk about all the different like crafting things you can do. I mean, I obviously neither of us are yet. nowhere near base building. But yeah, base like, building and ship building. I it seems I've like you can do it early on. That's basically oh, all I've done on both my ships. Actually, now that I have two, I have one I painted blue and the other one I've painted black. Very yeah, I can't I wait to get far enough into the game where I have some like high end materials and money and stuff to like really make a cool ship. Uh, the shipbuilding piece of it is something I'm really excited about. Although, I mean, you, your ship, you fly around in space. So in that regard, this is what people wanted from Destiny all along. You know how like in the yeah. menu, your ship is floating, but you really just see it take off and land and that's it. Oh, well, this has space flight. And I think Bethesda made the right decision in not making it so you can take off yourself. Like that experience is cool once, but then from then on, it's like, okay, now I got to wait for my ship to fly up into space after five or 10 times, that's going to be lame. Although watching the little video, I wish I could skip that. I know they're using it to hide it loading behind the scenes, but like there's a lot of things that like another one getting into the cockpit and pulling up the like controls. Let me rush that. Like I don't need to see him pull up the controls every single time that I get in my, my ship. I want to be able to like, you know, in some games you can hit a button and it'll happen a little bit faster because you rushed it along like almost like nudging my character, like hurry up and go. I don't really want to watch, you know, they sit down, they pull the console forward, they flip little things from the side, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. okay, just let me fly. I got things to do. I got people to kill. I got bugs to find. Let's go. Okay, well, we'll be talking about it more in the weeks to come, especially with story. We're each only 10 hours in, so it's in no way a definitive. Not even 10 hours. Review, well, I meant 10 hours or less. And uh, that's just kind of our early impressions. How do you feel about the combat, like the gunplay and stuff? I think Hang it's on pretty one good. second. I'll be right back. Uh oh, Tim's got to go deal with uh, Tim's home alone right now. So he's got to go deal with the uh, kids jumping out of their beds being bad. But uh, I'll answer my own question. So I, I actually don't 
mind the gunplay like it people were kind of comparing it i think to cyberpunk 2077 um i think it's it is kind of similar to that a lot of the guns feel kind of uh, kind of uh, similar to guns in in uh, cyberpunk like the shotguns for example i think kind of feel a lot of like a lot of the smgs um the grendel um it feels like something for out of cyberpunk um, I do think it might be a little bit better. Uh, I think the pistols are pretty satisfying. I haven't gotten uh, a sniper rifle or a DMR or anything like that. I've only used pistols, shotgun, SMG, and um, kind of that starting assault rifle thing. I forget what it's called. The Maelstrom, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's not bad. It feels probably better than Fallout 4. Um, and speaking of which, like I talked about earlier with kind of those tie-ins with some real world guns like the 1911, uh, the VSS. And I think the, I forget, I, I don't know if it's a Winchester pump shotgun or, or what it's supposed to be, but I, I love that. Like that makes it so much more interesting to me. Um, something that fallout it always bothered me that fallout never did was have more guns that seemed like guns in real life. Um, so I am really excited about kind of that idea that there's more, um, realistic we'll say guns um and since like i said i've already found a couple like that they feel pretty satisfying to use um and then like i said earlier i have the pistol certification already because i chose that uh perk or whatever it's called so i've basically been using pistols mostly and then and then assault rifles um but it's pretty good you know i it's not amazing like it's not destiny it's not call of duty it's not wolfenstein but it's good i think it's better like I said, I think it's definitely better than Fallout 4. It's probably same tier as Cyberpunk, maybe maybe a little worse than Cyberpunk, but it's not bad. Tim's back, so he can he can talk about gunplay yeah, if he I, wants to. I'm back. I love that you kept going. I didn't know if you would, and when I got back and you were still talking, I was like, great. This is great. Uh, what did you say? I so, said uh, that... I had my four-year-old daughter, well, she's almost four, snuck up behind me out of her bed and was drinking water in the kitchen, which is a no-no because you know, <laughs> kids in water at bedtime. And uh, so I went and tucked her back in. That's but uh, yeah, That's I I'm said. the only one home right that, uh, now. So I knew that was going to happen. It always does. I said Tim was home alone and that one of the kids must be out running around. Yeah, we, uh, so when I'm gaming, when I'm playing Starfield and uh, my wife's in bed, my wife will Xbox message me the word jailbreak and it'll pop up on the little notification toast. And then that's to let me know that a kid has escaped their bedroom and is running around the house somewhere. <laughs> and then we play hunt and find and see what nonsense the kids are up to. Very minor anecdote. Funny, funniest thing that's happened recently in Kidland. Uh, my daughter uh, had a piece of her toenail that she didn't like and wanted to, you know, trim it. And she had seen her mom trim her toenails many, many times. I, I do it occasionally, but mostly her mom does. So she thought, okay, I can do it myself. But she didn't have access to nail clippers. So she went and got like a four or five inch pair of scissors and was trying to trim her toenails with the world's largest scissors in toddler hands. She was about ready to cut her toe off. And I walked into the room and was like, no, I screamed it and scared the whole house. And now all the scissors in the house are hid, which they were already hidden. That's a terrible grammatical mistake, but <laughs> they were already sort of hidden. But she has now learned where the sort of hidden was. So now they're completely out of reach. But what happens is I put them out of reach so much that the adults can't find them. And then my wife needs to cut something. Spencer's sister. I don't know why I'm saying my wife. The audience doesn't know her. Uh, and then she can't find the scissors and they end up back in a drawer because my wife forgets that I hid them and we can't find them. It's a cycle. Anyway, kids are fun. 
Uh, Spencer, you were about to ask me a question about Starfield. Gunplay? Is that, that what you were going to ask me? Yeah, and then I talked about it myself. It does feel very much like what you said about Cyberpunk. It does feel very close to Cyberpunk. Like, it's definitely not fluid like a like a shooter primary game, like a Call of Duty, a Halo, uh, those kinds of games. Yeah. But it doesn't feel rigid like uh, Fallout 3. Like, the, the reason they needed VATS was because of how rigid their, their combat felt. Yeah. So the best thing I can say about it is that, like, I don't hate it. Like when I'm doing it, I'm like, this is great. This is fine. Like, and that, that's what yeah, I need it, it to be. It needs satisfying. to go into the background. Yeah. The most annoying thing about Bethesda games is that you're always out of ammunition, no matter what you do until you get enough money or enough access that you can just like flood your inventory, which also I have learned that I am an RPG hoarder. So mm-hmm. I did oh, yeah. the class that had weightlifting, uh, perk right I off did, the, the get go. So that I would have uh, the ability to carry more stuff. Yeah, I was immediately picking everything up because I was hoarding. like, I don't know what I need because in Fallout 4, I might need this because I need aluminum or I need rubber or something like that for customization, base building and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm just going to pick everything up because I know you can build bases and, you and know, you were full after five minutes. Yeah, but then and then also like, I don't actually know if any of this stuff is useful. So I'm I don't think it is. Uh, Game Informer had an article that was like no spoilers, like tips. I think it was Game Informer. And it was basically like, don't pick up a bunch of nonsense. But also uh, like how they've improved the dialogue of your followers. Like they'll like make comments when you over encumber yourself that are kind of funny. They're oh, like, I haven't heard any of those. Yeah, they're always she's always like, why are you picking all that junk up? Or like, maybe you should think about dropping some stuff that isn't that important. Things like that. And I'm like, that's funny. I shoved it all into my cargo hold. Like I have all these extra like spacesuits and backpacks and jump packs and stuff. Yeah, you should do that. Watch that YouTube video I sent you and do that because I got so much good loot. Like a bunch of good, like two or three really good guns, like two sets of incredible armor and there's no level cap on stuff. So like that pistol that I got does like six times the amount of damage that my current pistol did. So like literally I was two shotting these level 30 enemies at level seven. Because it was like a level 30 pistol, essentially, that I immediately, like I said, ran out of ammo for. So I'm going to have to buy some because there's like 10 on the guy that had it. Another thing yeah. I forgot to mention, the music, the score. Super good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. it accentuates all the like heroic moments. It, uh, yeah, atmospheric is a great way to put it. It's very, very good. Yeah, it is really good. And the detail. I feel like the level of and they're always good at this Bethesda's always been good at world building but just the level of detail like in interior spaces even on your ship like when you got on your ship the first time i was like holy cow this is so cool like it like you said like the nasa punk like it feels like a combination of like interstellar the martian like star trek maybe with kind of the laser guns the laser guns feel very star trek like they do not feel like fallout or star wars they, they feel like star trek guns did you see that um, yeah. people looked at the credits and found uh, the guy that made the clutter mod for other Bethesda games? They hired him and he helped clutter this game. So that's part there of why go. there's Makes better sense. decoration. It did they, honestly they, like a lot of the interior spaces, especially on your ship and, and on other stuff, other ships did remind me a lot of some of those Fallout 4 mods that I, I, I had myself on Xbox and that I've seen people on YouTube, you know, employ of like interior mods or just like settle or like um not quite settlement yeah. mods, but like home mods, we'll call it where you go in and it's a super detailed and lived in space that, I mean, 
Bethesda does a good job, but those modders just do like such an incredible job that um, you can definitely tell that they stepped it up for this for sure. You should uh, you should go watch the Digital Foundry video because they did a test and they they got a bunch of soap dispensers, I think like five or ten of them, and they went and threw them in the corner of a bathroom in a pile. And then he went and went to ten different planets and did a bunch of missions. And then he went back to that planet to that bathroom to see if it persisted in the exact locations that he left it in. And it did. He wanted to test like the limit of object permanence in oh, Bethesda wow. games. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so that's why that's why Bethesda games don't look as good as some other games is they are using a lot of CPU and On the back end yeah. power to organize and keep track of like all these objects across all this stuff. I assume that it's like an X, Y, Z axis metric that is like a line on a spreadsheet in the, in the database of the game, but still it's just impressive for the sheer amount of objects that exist. Yeah. But I also wondered about that because like when I got my, my place in constellation, my bedroom, the first thing I did is go steal, not steal, pick up the little watch box that looks like the collector's edition. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I'm going to take it. And I was <laughs> I like, saw that. I wonder. That. Yeah, I wonder if it's like now it's there's certain things that I if I take them, I'm like, is that gone forever now? Like my ship. Let's say I take all the clutter that is not pinned down is. out of my ship. I think it's now in your inventory. Yeah. The only which, reason why I think that is because when you go to. No, it is. It is. Hold, I know it is. But, but I think I'm saying, like, can I like strip my whole ship? And like put it all in the cargo hold. Yeah. Well, I think it's already in everything the cargo that hold. isn't. I'm pretty sure it's already in the cargo. Hold. It's very weird because the reason why I think that is because if you go to your cargo hold, you remember that there's like that helmet on the shelf that has like the paint or the strip of tape across it that says, do not use me. It's like sitting on a shelf by the bed. And if yeah. you go to your cargo hold, it's in the cargo hold. Like you can equip it from the cargo hold. So I don't know if it's like. I'm assuming it's probably just the stuff that the game already put there. Like if you go and drop a yeah. gun in the hallway, it's not going to morph into your cargo hold. But like the stuff that Bethesda put there is already in the cargo hold. I accidentally cleaned out my inventory while sitting in the captain's chair, forgot where I was. And so I got up and all of my loot just fell out on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was well, like, this is object <laughs> permanent. So I had to pick it all up. That's and the funny like, thing about that um that base that I was talking about. Like you get to the at the bottom of it where you finally got that ship, and there's just a massive stack of like guns and armor and jump packs and all this stuff that I was like I just was dropping because it was worth less, like the least valuable stuff. I was just dropping it all, and so there's just a huge pile of guns at the end the bottom of this dungeon that somebody's never gonna find. I guess I could go back and pick it all up if I really wanted to and go sell it. Maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah, if you get desperate someday. I mean, I've got like okay. 40,000 credits, so I'm so already that quickly in, so I don't really need the money. Yeah, I think one of the perks I need to hire of the, some people. Have you said you can do that? Yeah, I went into like this bar. Like that was the first thing I did in New Atlantis. Like you go in, turn to the left, and there's a bar right there, and there's like a bunch of people in there that like you can hire. And they were all like 10,000, 12,000, or like 15,000 credits, and I had like three at the time. So I was like, okay, well. No, can't afford mm. to hire any of you. That's but, funny. Yeah. Well, I think it lives up to the hype. That's that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm going with. It's getting like 87, 88 on Metacritic. Yeah, uh, seems I to thought, be generally um, well received. Yeah, the last thing I'll say because I just keep thinking of things 
I think say. you've said this is the last thing I'll say at least yeah. three times. Well, so when I laid it on that planet, it was a snow planet. It was kind of like Hoth, like blister or blustery snow and all that. It was kind of cool. And Vasco, is, he always sits at the bottom of the ramp. Um, and they started like some the enemies that are there started shooting at the ship. And so Vasco like starts sprinting out after them. Um, and that was kind of cool. It's kind of like built in ship defense. I kind of wish you could have more than one follower because I'd like to have him follow me, but. Also, the AI, I would say, is the only real big negative that I've seen so far. Like, half the time, Sarah doesn't help in firefights. She'll just, like, stand in the back, like, and face the wall. Like, stand at it straight at attention and just, like, do nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, in New Atlantis, I had the jump pack. So I jumped over a railing to, to get down. Do that. Oh, I know. Uh, yep. You have yep. to have the first perk. And so I jump, and she goes... What do you expect me to do? Jump off a ledge? Yep, and same I'm like, thing happened to so, me, except I didn't have a jump pack. Like, I broke my leg. <laughs> oh. So then, like, I have to wait for her to run all the way around, yeah. and it takes her forever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. My. Uh. I think I have jump packs with my kit from the beginning of the game. I don't think I put a point. No. No. I didn't. I had to put a point into it. So you have to have at least one point into it in the skill tree, mm-hmm. and then you have to have one, which you get one from. Yeah. You get them. You get them pretty easily. You get one automatically from constellation, and then like tons yeah. of enemies drop them. Now I can't. I can't really go very high. I basically can break my fall. I get basically two boosts out of it, which is yeah. not very much. Maybe three if I pause for a second between them. But it at least will break my fall or help me jump over stuff that's fairly high, which is nice. But also, it's just, you know, it's cool. Who doesn't want a jetpack? Uh, okay, well, let's talk about some news from the week. And uh, that was a long... That, we're an hour in, and we've only talked about Starfield. So it's it's a good week. Uh, the biggest news of the week, in my opinion, except for Starfield Early Access, is that Embracer Group has closed Volition Games. So Volition Games, developer of Red Faction, Descent, uh, Saints Row, as well as other games, They've been a studio for, I believe, almost 30 years. And uh, we talk about them a lot on the show because we have a we have a lot of love for Saints Row, at least the earlier versions of it. And uh, I have a lot of love for Descent. I played that on PC as a kid. And what's crazy about that is I have no idea how we even got a copy of a disc of Descent. I, I think we bought a computer at like a Best Buy or a Walmart or something 30 years ago, and it came on with it you know you you used to get a bunch of discs with your computer when you bought it or i don't know i think it was like a compact so i don't know maybe i got it from that but yeah i had descent on pc way back then one of the earliest gaming memories i have outside of genesis and nintendo um and they shut them down and it was effective immediately this is part of like the consequences of them not getting that two billion dollar deal that that fell through they also, this one was unconfirmed, but there were also rumors that they were um, scaling back at Gearbox Publishing. Uh, but that one I didn't see firm confirmation of as of publishing time. Now, they also said Saints Row and Red Faction will live on at Play On, which Play On is the parent company of their parent company now. So that's not a developer. That just means that somebody else will have the opportunity to work on these IP. I tweeted this out, but uh, Agents of Mayhem horribly maybe one of the biggest bombs of the last uh 10 years as far as like a triple a game that truly just sells almost no units and then saints row didn't exactly light the world on fire but it's still rough 
to see them shut down because they have a storied history. And this is the only developer that I've ever been to their studio because we're in Indiana and they're just a few hours west of us in uh, Illinois, in Champaign, Illinois. And uh, I did get to attend their studio before we were doing this podcast. It was probably six years ago, maybe seven. Uh, at the time, they were working on Agents of Mayhem, I believe. Or was it Saints Row? I think it was Agents of Mayhem at the time. And it was just before E3 that year. Um, and I got some cool shots of their lobby with all the memorabilia and stuff. Uh, I should pull those out and share them on social media. But I really, this is sad news. Not unexpected. It's probably pretty hard to hire talent in Champaign, Illinois, unless they're remote. Spencer, I'm going to stop talking. You, you feel it. <laughs> what do you feel about this? Yeah, I, um, that was my, one of my, that was my comment. I think I tweeted about it, uh, that, um, you know, Volition was one of the few AAA studios not on the east or the west coast of the United States or, you know, in Montreal or not Montreal, like Toronto, like a major city um, in Canada or elsewhere. Um, most studios are, you know, concentrated on the coast, which obviously, like you said, kind of lends to it being more difficult to. Or overseas. Yeah, or overseas yeah, in Europe or Japan, um, which makes it obviously then more difficult, like you said, to kind of acquire or attract talent because not many people. I mean, Champaign's a decent place. It's a college town. So like there's there's more things there than maybe most Midwestern cities. But um, well, big talent isn't moving there is my yeah, point. Like, yeah. You're not getting somebody to move to Champaign is is a college town, but it's not exactly like as far as Illinois goes, it's about as far as you can get from Chicago. Mm-hmm. The nearest cities are St. Louis and Indianapolis. And even those like St. Louis isn't exactly a booming city anymore. It's, Indianapolis is fairly large. But again, these are not like prestige cities. You're not yeah. living in the nicest places. Yeah, I I mean, we live in Indianapolis. I'm not trying to crap on Indianapolis, but you know what I mean? Like developers yeah. tend to be high wealth people that live in nicer locations. And a lot of the studios are places people want to be. Yeah. So just in general, though, I mean, I I wasn't entirely shocked to to hear about this just because of the last six or seven years have been pretty rough for them with like you said and like we've talked about a lot at agents of mayhem being pretty bad and then saints row 2022 being pretty bad um so it wasn't from that perspective entirely surprising to see them close and then kind of like what you said the two billion dollar deal falling through i feel like that kind of connects to the other part of this equation which is embracer group like spending all that money in the last five years and really not having a plan. It seems like we all yeah. kind of thought like they're going to keep it. They got to have studios. a plan. Nope. Turns out they're just yeah. buying up everything. Yeah. They're, they're going to spend all this money acquiring studios and IP. Like they've got to have something cooked up here, but no, not really. It seems like they're kind of kind of, were just shooting from the hip and seeing what they could acquire. And now they're having to trim the fat, you know, now they're having to cut some studios loose and, cut some stuff loose because like, they've this isn't the this isn't the first thing that they've shut down in the last six or twelve six to twelve months i forget what the, the other ones were but first one of major consequence it was there were True. a couple other smaller things yeah and they I mean, said more to come i think yeah i don't know at least i guess it's good that red faction and, and saints row live on but honestly like I mean, it's been 12 years since we've had a Red Faction game and Saints Row hasn't been relevant in about 10 years, I would argue. That's all like, the th- that's know. all Embracer's been doing is bringing back like old franchises True. with double A remasters and like new games that are not exactly the highest of budgets. 
I think the biggest problem was the Saints Row reboot didn't go far enough in modernizing it. Like when you look yeah. at the difference between Grand Theft Auto PS2, Grand Theft Auto PS3, and Grand Theft Auto PS4, um, or 360, Xbox One, you know what I mean? Like there were huge jumps from Grand Theft Auto 3 to 4 and 4 to 5, and you didn't get that with Saints Row. Like the gameplay was roughly the same with slight tone edge taken out of it. And the graphics being better, but the same gameplay wasn't enough in the modern era. Um, by the way, they're giving that game away on PS Plus. The same, it was announced like the day prior to them announcing the studio closure. So Embracer is getting a, a paycheck from yeah. PlayStation while they're letting go of the people. And also, I think Embracer got what they wanted. They got the IP and they really didn't care about a studio in the middle of America that employs... Yeah. You know, not that many people. No, it's got to be way less. I'm going to look it up. I'm on their Wikipedia page. It says 236. I just pulled it up. Oh, wow. Okay. Also, that's that's uh, significant. They were 30 years old. I would have thought lower. They were 30 years old. They were founded on June 14th, 1993. So just turned 30 a couple months ago. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I I wanted to like the new Saints Row. You know, they did that free weekend. The thing is, though, I'm still going to buy it. Once it's under $20 or 15, probably 15 bucks at this point, I'm going to buy it. I am too, or I'll play it on PlayStation because I'll get that one for free. But I just haven't, I have enough games to play. Like I want to get to Cyberpunk, more Cyberpunk time, more Starfield time, more Assassin's Creed time. It's getting to the point where I'm having less and less time for games that are the two types of games that I, that are starting to be squeezed out of my gaming time are indie games and what I would call games that didn't quite live up to their potential. Like Starfield is a game that I would enjoy or not Starfield. Oh my gosh. Saints Row is a game I would probably enjoy, but it's just not as good as other things that are options. So it's hard to justify putting time into that when I could play a better game. Whereas before I had enough time to play all the good games that I wanted to play and then squeeze in some that were not quite as good that I just wanted to have fun with. Like I played Gotham Knights. That's a terrible game. I don't recommend it to anyone, but I'm a DC comics nerd. So I played it, but my free time is getting less and less. And so those choices have to be made, which isn't great for podcasting because it means that the games I'm talking about are genuinely large franchises with a few indies sprinkled in here. But it's also like, I try to remind myself the show isn't trying to be, you know, IGN.com, the, the, your source of, news it's just three idiots in the midwest that want to talk about games so we're doing it and if you want to do it with us you can and from that lens it's fine i mean we also talk about world of warships and all kinds of other nonsense that you're not going to hear on any other podcast for xbox at least um okay let's move on unless you had anything else you want to add about volition oh no have you played any of the red faction games I've played one of them and I own several of them because they gave them away with uh, games with gold. I, at least two of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, but no, to me, they were always just lackluster. I played I um, Gorilla, Red Faction Gorilla, which was the third game. The one that came out as a 360 game came out like I played some of that one. And I played one of the other ones. Super cool. I mean, the destructible destructibility and yeah. all that. It's, it's funny person, too. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just running around with like a this the sledgehammer, just smashing things. It was pretty fun. Um, it is funny because it's in the same, uh, it's in the same universe as Saints Row. Like, there's a couple crossover companies. Like, uh, there's companies that are in Saints Row that like their future That's versions are on Mars. Yeah, 
Or it's just an Easter egg. I mean, I think they've said that they're in the same universe. Like, Red Faction is in the future, several hundred years in the future. Uh, like, I wanted Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed to be in the same universe, mm-hmm. canonically. It just makes sense. Assa- uh, hackers would be the modern equivalent of an assassin. I guess. In a way. Anyway, uh, okay. The next three stories I have are all about Bethesda stuff in and around Starfield, but not actually Starfield. So I'm just going to lump these all together as we'll break them down, but we'll call this two, three, and four. Uh, the first one is number two, Elder Scrolls six is entering production, official production now that Starfield is out. Now, obviously they're still working on Starfield and they're going to do DLC. They've already announced the first DLC expansion and there will be more, but some people aren't needed for certain things. So you can have some trades within the company work on uh, Elder Scrolls that are no longer needed on Starfield, for example. Like, you know, maybe you uh, don't need a texture artist at certain times, so you man. put those on whatever. Plus, they're probably in the concepting phase, but... No. I don't know. They're beyond the concepting phase, Tim. We have to have That's hope. true. Once you enter production, you kind of... We are out of pre-production. We are in production, baby. This, this sucker okay. is coming out in five years. 2028, we will be playing Elder Scrolls Six. Okay, the next one, number three, Pete Hines says Redfall will be a good game eventually, uh, and no, he, then he went on to com- and then he went on to compare it to Fallout seventy six, which I would argue Fallout seventy six was much better at launch than Redfall was at launch. Like Fallout seventy six was acceptable and was made better. Redfall is bad, and it is it just me or they've been dead silent. Like they better be working on some huge massive oh, patch yeah. to save Redfall because they have not said anything. They have not released patches. There's been no. I mean, part of it is they're probably letting Starfield be the one to take all the attention. Yeah. But before the end of the year, you better have a big like 2.0 patch for Redfall. I still will never play it because the achievements are all odd numbers. That that makes me so mad. And I know it's stupid. I know it's unreasonable. Maybe I'll check it out on my wife's profile. So I don't get any achievements. That's how serious I am. But I'll wait and see how it shakes out. Any thought? Uh, you know about believe what, it Red when Fall? you see it. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Elder Scrolls Six, though, baby, entering production. Oh, okay. I need it so badly. I know this, we just got. I know ne- literally Starfield has been out for like two seconds, but man, I just I need Elder Scrolls Six. Like the fact that it's going to be seventeen years at least. That's insane. That's like Hollywood these days coming up with sequels to 80s movies for the first time because they're like, well, we're out of ideas. Let's let's wheel 65 year old Mel Gibson out here to do a lethal weapon six because we just there's nothing else we can do at this point. That's I mean, we are is. in the reviving dead franchises mode of Hollywood right now. Exactly. Oh, and that's bringing the, back old sequels. That's what stuff. Elder Scrolls six is going to feel like, even though it's like video games are different. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. Craziness. It is crazy. Um, I'm still looking forward to that Fallout 4 next-gen patch. Uh, The other Bethesda stories I had, number four, is that Bethesda did a real-world collectible. They have released 1,001 Starfield billboards across the world, and they are numbered. So if you wanted to collect them all, which nobody obviously is going to make it all 1,001 billboards, but I think the idea is that people would take pictures of the billboards and online that people would like be able to collectively capture pictures of all 1,001 billboards for Starfield. Uh, it's an interesting idea. 1,001 seems like a very ambitious number. I think they did that because the whole more than 1,000 planets in Starfield thing, that's my guess. Um, it's a cool thing. It, it means nothing, but I, I'm calling it a real-world collectible. 
but yeah sounds like something you do in a video game right like in spider-man you go around and you take pictures of buildings or you find backpacks well in this you go around the world finding billboards only it would be really expensive because not only would you not know where they are but you would have to fly there and have a private jet or just a lot of air for travel so okay number five uh elder scroll six entered production so has witcher four cd project red says uh, a big part of the cyberpunk team is moving on to the witcher four after the phantom liberty launch so we know phantom liberty is going to be the only expansion for cyberpunk 2077 so it makes sense that they would move on to the witcher four and obviously they're also moving on from the red engine and they're moving to unreal for the witcher four so that is why they've said they're only doing one expansion is because they're changing engine technologies and they can't do that within the same game sorry what'd you just say I said that probably makes sense. It's probably a good idea. Changing engines. Uh, yeah, it is. Which one's going to um, come out first? Witcher 4 or Elder Scrolls 6? Oh, I, I told you. I, it, that's an easy guess. I would put yeah. one $1,000 on Witcher 4 coming out before yeah, Elder Scrolls 6. 100%. Um, they also, number 6, Cyberpunk 2077, they confirmed Ooh. what's in the free update for 2.0 and what's in Phantom Liberty. Here's a, I would want to know what the odds on Mass Effect 4, Witcher 4, and Elder Scrolls 6. Obviously Witcher 4, okay, so Mass Effect 4 and Elder Scrolls Witcher 4 6. first, uh, Mass Effect, then Elder Scrolls I don't last. No, because I'm, Elder Dragon Scrolls Age, is not going to come Dragon out for Age eight Dread, years. But Dragon Age Dreadwolf still has to come out. So it has to come out before they shipped all into Mass Effect. And that that even though that EA seems to be in a yeah, even though EA seems to be in a mess right now, uh, you're right, it's a coin flip. I still I mean, I feel like Dreadwolf Mass Effect should come out, out first, but I don't think so. I don't I, I don't think so just because I don't think Dreadwolf's coming out until like next fall. Yeah, they seem to be having a lot of trouble. And if that there. doesn't come out until 2024, I mean that's like I mean Mass Effect 4 would be I don't know. A I'd year be long shocked. by that point. I don't know. They they at least will have to start it. Okay, so uh, we had questioned what was going to be paid content in Phantom Liberty and what it was going to be in the free update 2.0. So this is what is officially in the free update. I'm going to make this bigger so I can actually read their exact wording here. So the stuff that'll be in the free update is redesigning skill trees and perks, revamping cyberware and new capacity system, vehicle combat and car chases, combat AI improvements, new police system, UI and UX improvements, loot items and crafting changes, and new radio stations, including a community radio station, Growl FM. So everything else is paid content, like the level cap increase, missile launchers, new items, new missions, new skill tree, relic skill tree, quests, new quests, Dogtown, the new area, and the new storyline. So I think it all lays out the way you would expect it to, but it's nice that like a lot of that game related stuff like as far as how the game plays and you interact with stuff is being given to people that already own the game so you're basically just not getting the new content the new items the new missions the new location that kind of stuff you're getting all the it kind of lays out just the way you'd expect it to spencer are you going to get phantom liberty i assume yes right yeah i will whenever you get through your main starfield playthrough at least or whatever yeah i mean i'll probably buy it i'll probably try to play it the day it comes out i'd imagine yeah we'll I, I went ahead and bought it uh it's only 30 bucks but i had gift cards so it was a different like decision but yeah it's preloaded, so i will check it out at some point i don't know when that'll be okay number seven uh saga aftra that is currently striking the major tv and movie production studios uh has expanded to 
ask their members for a strike authorization for video game uh, companies. So this basically, a strike authorization, if it gets voted for, basically just lets them go into negotiations with that in hand, saying like, well, if you're not willing to play ball or give us some some of what we're asking for, this is what's going to happen. We're going to strike. We already have the members like signed off on that, so we can use that as one of our bargaining chips. So it doesn't necessarily mean a strike is going to happen, but you have to imagine that it's it might be fairly likely because a lot of the same issues are going to come up that the video game companies that the movies once are like the reproduction of voices using AI uh, motion capture studio uh, reimbursement likeness values and residuals and all the things that are, are issues that um, need to come up. So um, if that happens, video games are slightly different than movies and TV where they can do a whole lot of development without motion capture and, and audio that they could catch up on later. So it wouldn't slow development as much as as movie and TV shows. But it certainly would hurt. And especially for games that are, I mean, like the ones we just mentioned, which are for Starfield or uh, Elder Scrolls 6, which are for and Mass Effect, those haven't even started motion capture or uh, uh, voice capture yet so depending on how long a strike were to go on that could affect the development of games like that or others that are currently in development spencer any thoughts here uh i mean i think it was only a matter of time who knows what will actually come of it but it doesn't doesn't surprise me one bit to hear this kind of news so at least uh, starfield just came out so got that Got plenty of games that are already out that I haven't played, like Baldur's Gate and Diablo. So if something bad does happen and studios yeah, shut it's been down a good for year. a minute, you know? A lot of games this year. Yeah. A lot of games. Yeah. And if I really get bored, I could go get a Switch and play all the Nintendo games I've been skipping for the last five years because I only play PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm really falling behind on PlayStation. I haven't played the last couple games that I got on that system because it's just easier to always play on Xbox. Even though I will play Spider-Man 2. That's too big to miss. Uh, okay, number eight. The latest Xbox Insider update is testing a new feature that'll come to the rest of the console owners soon, which is to automatically upload your game clips to OneDrive. So this has been a feature that's been asked for since the launch of Xbox One. They did add the ability to do it manually, sort of a couple years ago and i think it was during the xbox one era but it was late in the generation so if you are a person that has a lot of OneDrive storage and you just want all of them to go to OneDrive, so it's easier for you to upload them other places or just to have them backed up this feature will now be available uh, i don't have enough storage probably to do that i currently do but it's going to expire soon and i don't plan to renew it but i think this is a feature a lot of people have asked for so it's good it's funny that we you had all those complaints about Microsoft and OneDrive at the top of the show, and here it is, OneDrive, available to back up all your clips. I take more screenshots than I take clips. I don't know if that's true of you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't really take a lot of clips. And I wonder if... It says clips in my write-up here, but I wonder if it also includes images. It just says clips. So I'm gonna, that's the... Uh, let's see, I'm looking for the official Xbox write-up here. I don't have it handy. Anyway... Uh, final story, number nine, uh, Borderlands. This is out now. Borderlands has a new, uh, it's called Pandora's Box, and it's every Borderlands game ever made in one package. 
So it's Borderlands, Borderlands 2, Borderlands the pre-sequel, Tales from the Borderlands, Borderlands 3, and the new Tales from the Borderlands. All of those plus all of their DLC in one box. Now, they say suggested retail price is $150, but right now they're selling it for $60 for a limited time, but they don't say how long that is. But if you own certain games and they don't say which certain games it is, the the package is only $30. So I went in and for me it showed as $30, but I own all of these except for one. The only thing I don't own is the new, uh, what's it called? The new Tales from the Borderlands. So I'm not going to pay $30 for that because it would be cheaper just to buy that by itself. But if you're a person that only owns like one or two games and it's $30, you could get all the Borderlands stuff in one easy package. Uh, it is nice that they did this to make it easier to buy it as a bundle. And it's really nice that they let it be discounted if you own some of the contents because not many bundles do that. So surprised I that it took them this long to release a bundle called Pandora's Box. That's my comment. Yeah. Because that's well, just, if you was low hanging fruit there for literally like 15 years. And if you click on Borderlands 3, there's like seven different editions mm-hmm. that come with like, this one comes with Season Pass 1. This one comes with Season Pass 1 and 2. This one comes with this. And then there's an Ultimate Edition. And now there's a Pandora's Box oh, Edition. And now there's so many. They need to simplify. In, I lost interest in Borderlands a long time ago. I am going to finish Borderlands 3 because I own it. And then I think I'm out because I, I, I've i lost interest too. I, I want to see the end of three because I started it and got really far. Yeah. And I plan to go back at some point. But Borderlands 4 would need to do a lot to bring me back. And at this point, who knows? They might just shut them down because it's a Embracer Group studio now. Gearbox, yeah. Maybe, maybe now that Embracer owns Gearbox, they can um, bring back uh, Brothers in Arms. Still waiting. Uh, still waiting. Sure on it's the, on their list. Waiting on the finish to... Uh, to that storyline got through uh, market garden still got like nine more months of world war ii to tell but i'm not holding mm. my breath yeah great episode man it's a lot of fun Star- to talk about starfield it's 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 so fun to finally be here and to, like i was actually laughing hearing your stories of the hijinks that you got up to and comparing it to my own yeah this is the kind of like gaming stuff that's fun like, it's nice to be here and not talking about Gotham Knights or Redfall or all these like duds that we've had over the last few years. Yeah. I just hope that they're able to replicate this with Avowed and Hellblade 2 and some other major first party games because Fable. this is the kind of stuff that makes the platform exciting to talk about and exciting to play. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Spencer, thanks for being here as mm-hmm. always. Yeah. And uh, I've been your host, Tim Shelton. You can follow me on Twitter, please do, or X at Tim Shelton. And I am Spencer Rain. You can follow me on the platform formerly known as Twitter at Makes It Rain. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. New episodes post every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can contact us on Twitter at MultiformPod or by email at questions at MultiformPodcast.com. If you enjoyed our show and you're feeling extra generous, please share it with your friends or on social media. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen.